The Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Therefore Jesus said to the Judeans who had believed in him, If you hold to my teaching, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But they answered Jesus, Hey, We are descendants of Abraham, and we've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean, you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave does not have a permanent place in the family, but the son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Be seated. Tegan reminds me of Susanna. Every day when I pick her up from preschool, she gives me the report about who cried and why and who pushed who in the playground. And I was mad about this and sad about that. So Jesus says, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So I want to tell you a quick story about an experience of freedom that I had. This was called group spiritual direction. Usually spiritual direction is a one-on-one thing. Me, I go to a spiritual director fairly frequently. Somebody who's trained to help me listen to the Holy Spirit present in my life and in my recent prayer. Group spiritual direction is obviously in a, in a what? It's in a group. So this also happened to be a class. And um, we were getting paired off near the beginning of the class. We were together in this class long enough to know each other. And I remember as we were getting paired off, I was thinking, don't let me get paired with that person. There's this one particular person. Please don't let me get paired with them. Let's not be in the same group together. And guess what? We were in the same group together. A big part of group spiritual direction is that we as a group are the guardians of the silence together. Because this is how it goes. First, one of the group will start with a short prayer or a reading, a a devotion with an invitation, a question perhaps. And then there will be a time of silence. And then one person will be invited to speak, to respond to the invitation. There won't be any questions, no side conversations, just total focus on that one person. And then again, silence. And I mean like 10 minutes of silence then the whole group will have a chance to respond, to ask those questions that they might have had, to make an observation about something the person said. Then there will be more silence. And this proceeds until everyone in the group has had a chance to speak. Before this, I thought there was no way I could get along with that one 
person that I didn't want to be paired with. But in the actual experience of it, there was this new freedom with me and this person. More than once, they spoke to my soul through the Holy Spirit. And moreover, there was this freedom in this group of each other holding the silence and the prayer for one another. That was a freedom from this everyday kind of mentality I found myself living in. If I do this, then I get that. The spirituality of earning. This sorting and categorizing people to use them more efficiently. This group set me free from that. If only for the few hours we were together. And what was that freedom for but for surprise and discovery together, some grace, for connecting across those human-made boundaries and assumptions. It's freedom. Freedom I didn't know I needed. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. It was Pilate in the Gospel of John who sniffed and scoffed at Jesus before the crucifixion. What is, what is truth? And then here were all of Jesus' very own believers offended. Jesus might suggest there's more, more freedom to experience. And the big point that I hope we all take away from today, from this gospel reading, from this sermon, from worship today, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. The truth is not a what, it's a who. The truth is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth that makes us free. Maybe that was what they were offended at. Maybe that's what Pilate was skeptical about. The way, the truth, and the life is a pretty big claim. Last night, Sarah and I went to a Halloween party, and I pulled my old Superman costume out of the closet, and I put it on, that's a pretty bold claim, right? But what if Jesus really is who Jesus says he is? The way, the truth, and the life. At other places in John, he says, I am the bread of life for you. I am the vine. I'm your roots. You're the branches. I'm the good shepherd. The sheep know my voice. Truth is a who, not a what. 
when Jesus comes alongside of us, we learn some truth that there is more. There's more freedom to experience, more freedom to learn. That's why Jesus says something about holding on to his teaching. Keeping his word is another way it's sometimes said. Being true disciples. There's a way in which every person who comes into our lives changes our lives in some way. There's a before and an after. The bigger the role they play, the more our life changes. Maybe not all at once in some holy lightning, but over time. Jesus is the way, the way our life changes, the way of truth, the way of life. And that comes along with some very specific behaviors. Jesus gives us something to do that we can't do alone. The very things that we do that make it plain that we are not the only ones in the room. Things like dwelling in the Word of God. Things like loving one another, even our enemies. Things like washing feet, sharing bread and wine. At our last council meeting, we were talking about this journey that All Saints is on and how we're going to measure our progress together. And so we sought out to, to describe as richly as we could the outcome that we hope for. What's the outcome of worship? Or what's the outcome of our education ministries? As a group we discussed, we suggested being more hopeful. Being more hopeful people is an outcome that we want. Celebrating, having fun, having an experience of joy. It's an outcome that we want. Understanding scripture more deeply. In a way that we can help to make sense of it and of our lives in the complicated day-to-day. -day. I love love these descriptions of why we're here. What we're seeking together with Jesus, the truth that we know will make us free. These are some deep yearnings of our souls here. And I want so much for All Saints Council and this whole world to experience just what was described there. That's the way. There are behaviors associated with those things. Teachings that Jesus shares for us to hold to. Ultimately, these are the ways that Jesus rubs off on us. Because Jesus is present in our everyday lives. Trusting and knowing the truth has these fruits, byproducts. It's not that 
those outcomes that we hope for and the very specific behaviors that we might describe, it's not that those are a ruler to smack our hands when we don't do them or don't do them well. That if you aren't hopeful or celebrating or understanding, then you're out. Of course not. But we all need to know what is the evidence that we have indeed been keeping company with Jesus. What can we point to and celebrate? Here's something I learned because Jesus is in my life. Here are the, the changes that resulted from doing the things that Jesus did and invited me to do. Jesus is the way, the way of truth. He gives us something specific to do. So let's wonder together about those outcomes the council was talking about. What are the habits of hopefulness? What kinds of things to the hopeful people that we know, what do they do? How about what does joy do? What will we be doing when we are joyful? but understanding scripture deeply. How would that change the way we live? You know, faith is not magic. I'm going to share a quick, Julie, can I tell a quick story about your experience of listening to K-Love? Okay. I meant to ask her beforehand, but. So I know that lots of us listen to Caleb, part of our everyday lives. And I think that we both know, all of us know, that listening to Caleb isn't magic, it's not fairy dust. I invited Julie a couple of weeks, a week ago or so, if Julie would be the leader of the team that's going to help all saints in this debt reduction capital campaign. And Julie was like, what are you talking about? But she said yes. And I asked her why. She said she was listening to Caleb. And a song came on that asked, if not me, then who? Right? That was it. Not me, then who? And it wasn't just that song alone, but it was the fact that Jesus, that Jesus invited Julie through that, that Jesus, that Julie did something with that, said yes. And in the handful of days since she said yes, she's gathered a team. She's been in contact with the, the stewardship uh, guide that we have. She's been busy doing something. So when it comes to K-love or scripture or anything, the life with our parents or our children, you all know that there's a difference between actively listening and passively listening. There's a difference between trusting 
and hoping that God will speak to us, will raise you from the dead and give you a new life that you wouldn't necessarily have chosen for yourself, but that is grace for you. There's a difference between that and between living a life that's about scoring a few brownie points for the afterlife or just doing whatever helps me feel better or whatever will help me fit in better at church. Power in the relationship is how it changes what we do. Julie isn't the only one of us that is actively listening to Caleb and expecting Jesus to speak. And then there are others of us who don't listen to Caleb, who have find other ways to actively seek the living and reorienting presence of Jesus in our ordinary lives. For me, one time it was group spiritual direction. What is it for you? Well, here we are now, right? Together in worship, doing what we cannot do alone. Seeking the living truth who is among us. The truth who is a who, not a what. The truth is, Jesus loves you. Jesus invites you because of that love to make a habit out of hope and a practice out of joy, and to study the wisdom that's in Scripture. Julie can tell you that sometimes Jesus will make us more free than we think we need to be. But that's only because sin takes us hostage. Sin isolates us like captives. Sin sin keeps us like slaves more than we ever realize or often like to admit. And sin lies to us about who we are. Sin tells us we're not a we. We're just a bunch of yous. But the freedom that we share in Christ is that we, have, we get to come to know ourselves as we truly are bathed in the grace of God. We get to know ourselves in that grace. To know that love that died for us. Here's my last story about freedom. So I'm on Twitter. see these tweets. And this one came with a picture It was a picture of this sticker that was on a a light lamppost, you know, just out on the street somewhere. And this sticker had written on it, it said, Be with someone who makes you happy. Be with someone who makes you happy. But then scratched out. The word with was scratched out. Be someone. Who makes you happy? There's freedom in that change. 
That's the change that Jesus brings into our lives. Not just to be with people who make us hopeful, but to become people who make us hopeful. To become someone who makes others joyful. To become a person who is grounded in biblical wisdom. That is the truth that is in you already. The truth that is you in Christ. The truth that is all of us together, the body of Christ. We are free already. We are free indeed. Thanks be to God. Thank you.